This series for me, um, this sermon is important. The title today is simply a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. In full transparency, I initially planned on spending the majority of my time today talking about some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Specifically those that are called the sign gifts. But as I was studying and as I like to do, have conversations with other pastors and other people, um, the Holy Spirit kind of adjusted a little bit. And we will mention those. But really kind of refocused me this week on what do we need as a church? What do we need as believers, as followers of Jesus? And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm done with dead. I'm done with dead church. I'm done with dead preaching. I'm done with dead singing. And by the way, I don't care what you're singing. I don't care if it's a hymn that was written 200 years ago or a song that came out two weeks ago. You can sing it and not be dead. I'm done with dead worship. I'm done with dead Christian living. I'm done with dead, unauthentic gospel conversions. This morning as I was studying, or this week as I was studying, preparing for this morning, the Holy Spirit just impressed on me that today was a day to begin to push us out of dead religion. To push us out of repetitive church services. To push us out of, oh, I know that song. We sing it. Okay, I'm just going to da-da-da-da-da, sing it, and we're done. Simply going through the motions. Yeah, you know, I enjoy church. I've been going. Church is now a habit in my life. It's what I do on Sundays. I come to church. I get my, my little preaching feel. I enjoy the music, maybe. Maybe I don't. Uh, but I get my preaching feel. Maybe I don't enjoy the preaching. Whatever, you still come. And I, and I come, and I see some people I like. It's friends, and I go home, and I just, then the rest of my week, it's like it's my week, and I just do my thing. You see, the truth is this morning, the newness of our church has now worn off. We are approaching our third year anniversary. While some were attracted to our church at the very beginning because there was this kind of emotional high of like a brand new church plan. And here we are. We've got to have your help. And oh my goodness, can we please do this? Let's do this. And everybody was gung-ho. If we're not careful, we will realize that emotional high only lasts so long. And like anything emotion-driven, it's unsustainable. And so now here we are almost three years in. And if we're not careful, we'll get stuck into the repetitive rut, the spiritual rut, these seasons of life where we literally just go through the motions. Yes, I'm supposed to be here, so I'm here. Yes, I have a responsibility here, maybe, and so I'm here. However, this morning, I want us to be a church and a group of individuals that make up this church who overcomes those seasons of life quickly. And can I just say this morning, I understand those seasons of life. I've been in those seasons. How many of you have ever been? Let's, let's be honest with each other this morning. How many of you have ever been in a season of your spiritual life where you're like, I got to be honest. I, I'm not doing this because my heart is 110% in this. I'm doing this because I committed to do it and I'm a person of my word. 
Or I'm doing this because if I don't do this, here's, here's going to be the people that are disappointed. How, has anybody else been there this morning? I've been there. And so I understand that they come, but my goal this morning is for us to, to press a reset, a recharge button, and for those seasons of our life to be shorter than they've ever been before. That God would light the, relight the fire in us of His Spirit. And this morning, for some of us, I want to reintroduce you to the Holy Spirit. You and I need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit's presence and His power. By the way, the people that are out here in this community, they don't want dead, they want alive. The people that you work with, they don't want the same old dead, they want to be alive. And the Holy Spirit this morning brings life. He breathes life. And, and let me just say, as, as, as a way of introduction this morning, we refuse to allow certain types of churches that may abuse the doctrine of the Holy Spirit to take the doctrine of the Holy Spirit away from us. Does that make sense? Listen, this morning, there ain't no snakes being handled here. Okay? There's no craziness going on here. We were doing things, as 1 Corinthians 14 says, decently and in order. But we also want the Holy Spirit to have freedom. Complete freedom. Listen, uh, Melody, uh, Tim wasn't supposed to interrupt your song, was he? Right? He wasn't supposed to do that. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. Let him move. Let it work. We will never be tied to an order of service because we want the Holy Spirit to have freedom. The Holy Spirit was, was present at creation. In Genesis chapter 1, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The Holy Spirit was present at the baptism of Jesus. And equally an important 316 verse to John, Matthew 316. When he, Jesus, had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. He breathed life into him. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of him... Who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Through his spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit this morning. The Holy Spirit was received by the disciples when Jesus breathed on them. John chapter 20 verse 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit, The Holy Spirit brings life and breathes life this morning. And for the time that we have together today, I want us to concentrate and think about that person. He's eternally God. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God. He's as much God as Jesus. Sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit as kind of a, a subset in the Trinity. We've got God, our creator, and Jesus, our savior. And then we're like, oh yeah, and by the way, there's also the Holy Spirit thing, but we're not really sure about that. So we're just going to kind of gloss over it. This morning, I want to reintroduce us to the spirit that lives in us. God in spirit form. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. 
I pray that I would merely be a vessel, God, to highlight this important truth. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to see this, first of all, this morning in a fresh anointing. I want us to see this, that we are saved and we are indwelled by the Spirit. We are saved and indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. John chapter 16, beginning in verse 7. Pay attention to it. It says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Listen to me this morning. Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. He will save us and he will indwell us. And, and can I say this this morning? The day that you believed on the name of the Son of God for eternal life, the moment that you trusted in Jesus, his Holy Spirit came and dwelt inside of you. You say, Josh, I remember that day in my life. I don't remember feeling that. That's okay. We don't base our lives on feelings. We base our lives on facts. We base our lives on the, the theology and the doctrine that's found in God's word. And God's word over and over and over again tells us that we are indwelled as believers with God's Holy Spirit. And can I say this this morning? What an amazing, incredible doctrine to understand. That God dwells in you. Can you say this with me this morning? You don't have to look at nobody because we don't want to spit on each other. Can you say it with me this morning? Say, God dwells in me. You ready? God dwells in me. Say it one more time. God dwells in me. You know, maybe... Every day when you hopefully get done brushing your teeth, every day, it might not be a bad thing to do is to look up in that mirror and say, God dwells in me. God dwells in me. And today I've got to go to work and I've got to face fill in the blank. Today in our family we have to face fill in the blank. But I can look up in that mirror and I can look myself in the eye and say, God dwells in me. God's spirit resides in me. That's not a display of, of, of arrogance or cockiness by any stretch. That is just a mere comprehension and understanding of a very important truth. But not only are we saved and indwelled by the spirit this morning. Secondly, I want us to see this. That we are sealed by the spirit. A very important doctrine. That we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We are sealed by the spirit. The Holy spirit of God came. He indwelled the believers and he indwelled us until the day of redemption until that day. When we finally see our savior face to face, we are indwelled by the Holy spirit and we are sealed by the Holy spirit. But that's not it. Ephesians chapter one. I, my favorite verse of promise about the Holy spirit. Ephesians chapter one. In verse 13, in him, Jesus, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You trusted in Jesus. In whom also having believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is this Holy Spirit of promise? Look at verse 14. Who is the guarantee 
of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here this morning, but let's just say this the same way that you would go and you would purchase a house and you would say, listen, I don't have $300,000 for this house, but I can put $30,000 down for this house. And that is going to be my promise that every month I'm going to pay my mortgage. You understand that? That's very simple. It's what happens in society. Or you're buying a car and you say, here's my guarantee that I will buy this car. Well, listen, we are fallible humans. And obviously there's fallible humans all over that can't pay their car payment or can't afford their mortgage and whatnot. But when God Almighty says, I'm going to give you the down payment, I'm going to give you the security that you're going to be with me one day. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Can I say this this morning? You can literally take that to the bank, spiritually. You can take that to the bank. That God promised to seal us until we meet him face to face with his Holy Spirit. You say, Josh, how come you guys, you guys believe that if you're once saved, you're always saved? Yes, I do. You know why I do? This and about 15 other verses in scripture. But this verse right here. Listen, God cannot go back on his promise. He cannot go back on his down payment. He cannot go back on sealing us. And this morning, the Holy Spirit is the assurance of our salvation. If you're like me, especially young adults, maybe here today, if you grew up in church and there's been seasons of your life where you maybe have doubted whether or not your salvation experience was legitimate, you may be, I don't know if anybody, that's me, that's my story. I doubted that as a teenager. Listen, the, the best evidence for your salvation is God the Holy Spirit working in your life. And oftentimes the best evidence of your salvation is God the Holy Spirit reminding you of your sin. It's God the Holy Spirit not letting you sleep at night because you know you're not right with God. It's God the Holy Spirit when you wake up Sunday morning and you're skipping church. It's God the Holy Spirit when you turn the TV on, there's, there's a pastor yelling at you on TV. It's God the Holy Spirit. It's God the Holy Spirit that when you're away from God and you go to work and you don't really care, that person at work goes, hey, how long have you been going to your church? It's the Holy Spirit of God that says, oh, you know, I, I think so-and-so's a believer. And now you're not right with God right now, but your coworker goes, hey, I know you're a believer. Hey, would you be willing to read your Bible with me on lunch? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And so the, the, the best security that we have for our salvation is the fact that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. So we've seen this morning already that we are saved and indwelled by the Spirit. We have seen that we are sealed by the Spirit. <clears throat> but thirdly this morning, look at this. We are empowered and we are sent by the Spirit. We are empowered and we are sent by the Spirit. Joseph, a type of Christ, we actually... No Average Joe was our sermon series that we preached through the life of Joseph. And we spoke in there about how Joseph was a type of Christ in many ways. But Joseph was empowered in the Old Testament. You remember? He interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh. Supernaturally. It wasn't in his mind. It wasn't in his heart. He supernaturally, through the power of the Holy Spirit, interpreted dreams there for Pharaoh. The Holy Spirit empowered many other Old Testament prophets. As we read through those amazing stories and incredible stories, miracles that were performed and, and times where 
where God asked those prophets to speak to his people on the behalf of God. The Holy Spirit empowered, but the Holy Spirit Spirit also sent. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You probably know this verse. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. This morning, can I say this? That the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to evangelize this world. And he does it through empowering you and empowering me. To share his glorious gospel. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one when you're going to the bank and you're speaking to the same person at the bank over and over again. And you finally, the Holy Spirit says, hey, you ought to, you ought to ask that person about their soul. Hey, you ought, to ask, you, ought to, you ought to ask that person if there's anything you can pray about. Start a conversation. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you have that same waitress or waiter at the restaurant. Hey, say something. Hey, just, just one of the best things I've ever seen, and, and I'll be honest, I don't practice this all like I should. One of the best ways I've ever seen at a restaurant is to say, hey, listen, we're going to pray for our food. Is there anything that we, that in your life that we can pray, pray for? Opportunities. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit laying those people on our hearts. It's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you know that, that aunt of yours or that, that sister of yours or that cousin of yours. That, I, don't, I don't believe they're, they're believers. Let's be a light. Let's shine a light in their life. See, we were empowered and we are sent by the Holy Spirit. This morning, we're just reintroducing ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're asking this morning that we be freshly anointed, that we, we have a fresh understanding of the Holy Spirit and His power. Fourthly, this morning we see this, that we are gifted by the Spirit. We are gifted by the Holy Spirit. We're going to read a chunk of Scripture. But that's okay. That's what preaching is. So we're going to read a chunk of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first verse says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts with the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries with the same Lord. By the way, that's an important thing for us to remember. There are differences of ministries and I don't believe it necessarily speaking of different church ministries here, but there are differences of ministries all across this, this city and this county. The same board. Not everybody's got to do things the exact same way. It's okay. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There's some... Deep stuff in here, guys, that I'm not going to go into. For the profit of all. Just remember that. Later, we'll hit it, not today. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. 
but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing, distributing to each one individually as He wills. You're like, Josh, where are you going, man? What are we about to talk about? Here's what I will say this morning. The gifts of healing, tongues, prophecy, miracles are widely spoken of in a greater church world. But they're so often referred to out of biblical context. My original plan was to spend the entirety of my message in these 11 verses, 12 verses today. But I'm going to save that deep dive for another day. And I've got to be honest with you. Because I believe God is continuing to lead me. And I believe God is continuing to speak to me about those doctrines. And he's speaking to me through his word. And by the way, that's the balance that we all should have. God's word and God's spirit. That is the holy balance that we ought to always take. We ought to always have as we are dealing with the doctrines of the spirit. And that is God's word and God's spirit. But I will say this. I believe God moves today and God works today just like he did in the days of old. I don't believe God is any less powerful in 2020 than he was 10 years after Jesus left this earth. I don't believe that God's spirit is any less effective today than it was back in Bible times. I don't believe God uh, desires for us to have to search and search and search and I'm not really sure. No, I believe his spirit is evident and can be evident. Just like it was in the days of old. I don't believe that certain parts of the spiritual gift just happened to disappear while others made their way to the spiritual gifts test at Lifeway, right? You go on Lifeway, you do a spiritual gifts test. I don't believe that some were just like, oh, I'm gone. And the others are like, here, take a test to find out which one of these you are. And then tell your church, this is the only place I'm going to serve. I don't, I have to be honest, I don't have my feet 110% under me on all of those doctrines. I'll admit that to you today. But I do believe in the power of healing. We preached about it in the end of the book of James. I do believe that people hear the gospel in their own language from a person who doesn't know their language. I believe that happens. I believe that's well documented across the world. I do believe that within the bounds of scripture that there may be a a word of God that's given to you to speak to someone else. Nothing outside the bounds of scripture but a, a word of prophecy. I think sometimes we get scared of those words. Word of prophecy in a lot of ways is just, hey, Melissa, God told me, God just told me to tell you this. It's edifying. It's building up. But just to be clear this morning, especially since we're live and all of our stalkers uh, might think we're crazy. We believe in the Holy Spirit's power as it cooperates with the Holy Bible's parameters. Very important this morning. We believe in the Holy Spirit's power as it cooperates with the Holy Bible's parameters. What does that mean this morning, Josh? 
That means if you're going to claim the Holy Spirit is leading you to do this or that, and it falls outside the parameters of Scripture, that's not the Holy Spirit. That is your flesh. God's Holy Spirit will always coincide with God's Word. They will not contradict one another. We believe in the Holy Spirit's power as it cooperates with the Holy Bible's parameters. But can I say this? I know far too many churches who just focus on the Holy Bible's parameters and are scared to death to follow the power of the Holy Spirit. And we will not be a church like that. We will not be a church that ignores the doctrine and the power of the person of the Holy Spirit and hide behind the Bible. No. This is a dynamic book. I'm not hiding behind this book. This book is an active living book. This book works in my life and it works alongside the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been reading your Bible before? You're like, I ain't got a clue what it means right there. Yes, there. Hey, you know what your, your first step is? Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Holy Spirit, would you help me to properly interpret this? Holy Spirit, what does this mean? Step one. That's step one. Before you go online and start looking for it, before you call somebody, before you... No, so it's the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit, Holy Bible, Holy Spirit, Holy Bible, Holy Spirit, Holy Bible. And lastly this morning, and very importantly, we focus on the gospel through the Spirit. We focus on the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read the first 11 verses of that chapter earlier. Chapter 13... 12 is talking about the spiritual gifts. 13, newsflash, it ain't about your wedding. It talks about love. It's okay to have it at your wedding, but it ain't what it's about. It's about how you utilize your spiritual gifts. If you utilize them without love, you're just a sounding brass. You're just making noise. Okay, it's talking about spiritual gifts of the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks specifically about tongues in the church. Speaking in tongues, by the way, let everything be done decently and in order. It comes at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 as Paul is talking to the church at Corinth about how to properly deal with tongues. It's not for me to dictate to Tim, this is exactly how I want you to do worship, Tim. Because everything's supposed to be done decently and in order and I'm in charge. No, that's ridiculous. It's dictatorship. But those three chapters, 12, 13, and 14... Giftings, 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 giftings. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers. I would remind you. Hey, listen up. Don't forget the gospel I preached to you. Which you received. In which you stand. Hey, listen. We've talked about the giftings. The giftings. The gifts. For three chapters. Now don't forget the gospel. Don't forget the giver of those gifts. Don't forget the gift. And I'm going to make it a very important statement here that I hope you will grasp and understand this morning. We get into a bad situation in our Christian lives and spiritual lives when we focus on the gifts more than we focus on the giver. We get into a very difficult stage of like trying to understand our theology properly when we focus on the giftings instead of the gift that is Jesus listen if you've got Jesus you've got everything 
If you've got Jesus, plus nothing equals everything. Don't forget Jesus. Don't forget the giver of the gifts. Don't forget the gospel this morning. Don't get so caught up in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that you forget the giver of the Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. John chapter 16, he will glorify me. Speaking of the Spirit, this is Jesus speaking. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Spirit is here in his giftings, in his power, in his supernatural working to glorify Jesus. To glorify Jesus. You say, why don't we have a church full of tongues speaking where everybody just blurts out things in unintelligible tongues? Well, because that's not honoring and glorifying to Jesus. That's creating confusion. Hey, why don't we do this or why don't we do it? Well, well, we want to make sure at the end of the day, all signs point to Jesus, the cross. That all signs point there. That all signs aren't pointed to me over here doing my thing. But it all signs point to, to Jesus. It's extremely important this morning that we understand. Here's the amazing part about the Holy Spirit this morning. We didn't really scratch the surface. We didn't do him justice, I promise you. He's a great mystery. Just like the gospel. He is God. In spirit form. And he lives in you. Back 30 plus years ago. There was a pastor by the name of Jim Cimbala. His father-in-law was kind of a denomination head. And they had some churches in the northeast. And Jim Cimbala was pastoring a church in Newark, New Jersey. There were... The church had never really been a thriving church. It was just a difficult time. He would show up sometimes and there'd be one or two people and just getting down and down and beat down a little bit. His father-in-law said, listen, there's a church in Brooklyn that I'd like for you to consider uh, pastoring while you're pastoring the one in New Jersey. So pastoring two churches at once. He said, no, 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 no. But the Holy Spirit wouldn't let it go. He finally said, okay, I will. So he begins commuting back and forth between Newark, New Jersey and Brooklyn, New York, which is about an hour, 45 minutes or so, depending on the traffic and whatnot on Sundays. He would preach at one, drive to the other and preach. Just in a rut. Same old people coming. Same thing happening. Get up, sing, preach, go home. Get up. Sing, preach, go on. Take a 45 minute drive in New York City traffic. Sing, preach, drive home. It wasn't long into that discouragement for him as they were about to be removed from their building, as they were in a terrible part of town and just things that happened in the town, uh, in Brooklyn there. 
He finally said, listen, I'm not going any further. He said, tonight when we show up, I think it was a Wednesday night. They had like a, their Bible study, like typical church would have on Wednesday night. He said, we're not studying the Bible tonight. We're praying. We're praying. And they prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. And they continued to pray. And every Wednesday, instead of opening up God's word for an extended period of time, they would open up God's word, share, and they'd pray. And they'd pray. And they'd pray. His wife had no formal music training, but loved worshiping Jesus. Began writing songs in that difficult season of life. And every single one of us in here probably has heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle in Brooklyn, New York. Many of you probably enjoy the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir and their music. The Brooklyn Tabernacle was born out of a discouraged, defeated Pastor Jim Simbla. And through the power of prayer and the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, he said we decided that we were, we, we were going to let him have his way. And today, you probably couldn't get into a service pre-COVID. People lined up on the street just to come experience the Spirit. I've got a pastor of mine in the Bronx, New York, who pastors his own church. Has a Thursday night Bible study with prayer time with his church. Has Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon services. Many, many Tuesday nights, Pastor Baker makes the drive to Brooklyn to just go to their prayer service. To just be a part of it. He experienced the spirit in a fresh, new way. A fresh relationship with the Holy Spirit. You say, Josh, did he get any more of the Holy Spirit than he used to have? No, no, no. And dwelling is indwelling. But a fresh relationship. The week before we planted our church, it was the last week of September in 2017. I, I don't believe I've ever shared this publicly. Um, I had some, I, I guess you would call it psychological issues with my health. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. It's a difficult place to be when you know you're young, but you, your mind has convinced you that you have serious health problems. And your doctors are like, you're, you're crazy. You don't. But your mind has, has, has convinced you that you do. And I was going through some seasons of that. It had been going on since I was in Maryland, just going through seasons. I couldn't sleep, uh, honestly kind of just scared and like not really sure. I had doctors tell me I was crazy, like everything checks out, everything's good, but I couldn't, my, my mind, I couldn't wrap, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I remember the week before we launched, we had done a pre-service. If those of you that were there for that, we had run through the entire service, just like we were gonna do it on October 1st. We sang the exact same songs. I preached the message that I was going to preach on October 1st. We did everything exactly the way we were going to do it next week. We didn't invite people to it. We just kind of did it with our kind of core team. And between that Sunday and, the, and our launch Sunday, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I was scared. And I remember one night we were in our incredible two-bedroom apartment <laughs> at the time. And I couldn't go to sleep. Finally, about 
3.30. I just got up and went and sat in the living room. And I don't know if you've been there before. I said, God, you got to do something. You got to show me something. We've been planning. We've been meeting. Man, we Carrie volunteered to run the kids. And we ran her. When I say run the kids, she volunteered to be running to the ground at that time by the kids. Those were special times in our church. And I remember saying, God, you got to show me something. I, I'm not, we cannot push forward. Because I'm, I'm scared. Like I, and I remember as clear as day, the Holy Spirit just saying in my, in my heart, I've got you. Your health is fine. I don't care what your mind is saying. Your health is fine. You've got this. I'm going to lead you. Just go. Just do it. And I remember, I don't know how long. Well, I guess I do, kind of. I'm not a numbers person. Like, I don't think that because this verse is John 4, 7, that somehow 4 plus 7 is 11. So that equals this over here, this verse. John 11, 11. <laughs> but I do remember looking up and seeing the clock. When I got done, I was emotional. But I remember looking up the up at the clock and seeing what time it was on the microwave. And it simply said 4.13. I get it. This verse is taken out of context a lot. But in that moment for me, I can do all things through Christ. What I focused on in that moment was through Christ. Through Christ. Through, not through me. Through Christ. And it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit became very real to me. Very real to me. And I was able to go to bed 30 seconds later. I was able to get up the next day and my family not even know. I was able to come lead that church and never tell you guys about that. But you know what I needed? I needed a fresh relationship with the Spirit. I needed God's Holy Spirit to be alive and real. My question to me this morning... Why haven't I sought that every week? Why haven't I sought that for next Sunday? I'm, being, I'm just being very transparent with you this morning. The Holy Spirit is so powerful. And I don't know everything I need to know about Him. I'll admit. But I'll tell you this, I need Him. I need Him. I want to walk in the spirit so that I will not fulfill the lusts of my flesh. And this morning, follower of Jesus, maybe you need a spirit in a real way. You say, why has my life been dead? Because you need the spirit in a real way. Why, why is my, why, why have things just been Kind of on autopilot because you need the spirit in a real way. And I'm convinced that he comes to those that are the most broken. He comes to us when we don't know what to say. I'm convinced this morning that he comes to those who earnestly seek him.
You say, Josh, I'm confused. I thought we had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We do. We do. He's there. But I want to experience, I want to experience him in a fresh way. He's there. I want him to be prominent. He's there. I want to pull him from the back seat into the driver's seat. Hey, he's there. Yeah, he's back there in the social hall. I want him behind the pulpit. Hey, he's there. Yeah, he's, he's in your house in the basement. I want him at the kitchen table. He's there. Yes, still small voice. And he's in the trunk of your car with the items that you need to take back to the store instead of driving your vehicle for you. We need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. I shared that story. Aaron, were you with me? In Statesville. I shared that, that story of what God did in my life with a friend of mine who he himself had been on a spiritual journey. And I told him that story. He had told me a similar story. I told him that story at lunch. I'll never forget the conviction that came over me when he said, so why don't you seek that more often? That's why I'm here today. I just want God's spirit to be real. My kids, man, I don't want them to see some fake mess. I want it to be real. If Kelsey Cox is watching me and being a fake, when Kelsey Cox is old enough to make her own decisions, she's gone. But if the Holy Spirit of God grabs a hold of that girl, then there's nowhere she can't go and be away from his presence. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.